Hey, my name is Cheryl Witten, and this is the Aromatherapist Podcast. One of the biggest problems in aromatherapy is conflicting information and crazy wild claims. All you have to do is search essential oils on the internet, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you're looking for information, how do you know who to trust, and how do you know what's right? Well, that's the reason I created this podcast, and a course called Science of Aromatherapy. The Science of Aromatherapy course takes you through aromatherapy as a healing art and the history and modern use of essential oils. You'll learn the basics of aromatherapy, the science and chemistry of essential oils, contraindications and safety considerations, and clinical and personal applications. In this course, I take you through everything from how aromatherapy affects epilepsy and bleeding disorders to drug interactions, allergies and sensitivities, and to use in pregnancy and breastfeeding, and even with children. We covered the main modes of application and profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. By the end of the course, you'll understand the most common contraindications and safety guidelines, how to use essential oils, how to build a protocol, and how to choose, cross-reference, and eliminate essential oils, as well as how to formulate, blend, and dilute essential oils, and so much more. So why should you learn from me? Well, I'm a clinical aromatherapist and I've been working with essential oils for around 20 years. I've trained with some of the world's renowned botanists and aromatherapy experts, and I teach people all over the world about aromatherapy. I also happen to be a professional health writer and have published peer-reviewed research work in aromatherapy. It's no longer necessary to be confused about aromatherapy. Let me guide you to clarity. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science dash course to enroll. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. For the second time in 2022, I'm going to say it's been a minute, but you might have noticed I've been absent for a little bit, or maybe you haven't, and that's okay too. But I have been absent for a little bit, and that's because I've been having a lot of health issues For the last 18 months to two years, actually, I've been having a lot of health issues that are sort of beyond what is already happening. Uh, If you've been listening for a while, you maybe know that I have an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. For some reason, the immune system mistakes the thyroid gland as a foreign tissue and starts to attack it, and that causes your thyroid not to function properly. Then makes it underactive, and which is a condition called hypothyroidism. A lot of people have Hashimoto's disease. A lot of people have hypothyroidism. Very common. Unfortunately, it can be very debilitating condition, and that's kind of what's happening with me. It's causing a lot of other nutrition issues, absorption issues. So I'm having nutrition deficiencies. Uh, and in the fall, I had a parathyroid issue probably because of low calcium and low vitamin D, but that also is kind of connected to a bunch of muscle issues I've been having. Last summer, I was in the hospital briefly with muscle issues, uh, having skin problems and rashes and eyelid rashes and vision issues and low iron. And so I just have not been able to get off the floor. I've been doing the very bare minimum and putting the important things first and everything else has been on the back seat. It's just been a real struggle. And, you know, my fellow thyroid folks talk a lot about being tired with thyroid disease, and I hate that word. It does not describe it. It, it causes a weariness that is difficult to describe. 
And it is a weariness that is scary. It's scary because there's no end in sight. It doesn't matter what you do. You're always tired. It doesn't matter how much you sleep. You wake up tired. It just, it the symptoms never go away. And if they do go away, it's only for a short time and then they're back and it just gets to you after a while. And it's hard to handle, hard to stay hopeful and positive. And, it, and it's very easy to adopt a victim mindset because you feel like garbage and it doesn't matter what you do. Sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter. It just, everything else is an issue. You're constantly facing some other health problem. So that's what I have been dealing with. And then on top of all of that, we all got COVID and COVID let me just say this be- first because I know I'm going to get messages about it. We're all vaccinated. We made that choice because it's good science, first of all. And second, because I have too many health problems, I just can't take risks to have serious complications. For the rest of my family, it was pretty minor. There were no, it was like a bad cough. For me, I ended up with stroke symptoms. We believe we, I didn't have a stroke, but I had extreme headache, major confusion, and I had numbness on my entire left side. My arm and my leg were numb. So that scared me. It wasn't a minor situation for me. It was kind of serious and I had a lot of other crazy symptoms. However, I made it through that. Obviously, I'm here to talk about it, but it's just been a lot going on. And one of the issues for me has been that no one is connecting the dots I'm being dismissed a lot and it's getting dismissed as, you know, minor things Um, when it's not, it's clear that it's not. And that I think is a common experience for people who have chronic illness, unless you are in a life-threatening situation or you are in, yeah, you're in an emergency. A lot of times people don't take it seriously and you might look fine actually too. You might look healthy. You might look like nothing's wrong with you. And yet, and it's true, you probably are going to wake up tomorrow, but the quality of life is absolute shit. And no one sees that. No one sees the cost of chronic illness. And maybe you can't show up the way you used to, to events or to engagements or for your friends or for your family even. Your family likely knows the cost, but your friends often don't. And the people you work with don't know what it costs you to even get to your job today. So it is misunderstood. And not only do people who live with chronic illness have to live with it, you also have to live with all this other stuff too. Everyone else's judgments or misunderstandings or being dismissed, not taking being taken seriously, ongoing symptoms that you're just supposed to accept and live with instead of having good quality of life. So it gets really frustrating it gets really hard to mentally deal with. So I say all of this not to have a poor Cheryl pity party, but to say that I understand if you live with a chronic illness, I may not know exactly your symptoms, but I understand the spirit of your struggle. And I relate to the, the mental fortitude it takes to really cope every day. And that some days you just don't have it anymore. The strength is not there. And it's really hard to just do basic things. And I understand that most people don't understand that. So 
I want to tell you about a few things that have helped me over the last little bit. Uh, And one thing, the first thing I want to start with is my vitamins. So I'm going to take a sidebar here and digress for a minute. When you talk about energy problems, chronic fatigue with people in the natural world, often what they talk about is adrenal fatigue and talk about a problem with their adrenals. And I want to say here pretty loudly and clearly that the research is very strong that that is not the problem. The problem is not cortisol. When you have energy problems, the studies very clearly show that it's not your adrenals. It is not adrenal fatigue. It is not adrenal related. Alternative health, natural health, whatever. Industry really harps on this HPA access and wants to support the adrenals all the time. And it's just a perhaps old idea that has been, now it's become a myth that just gets harped on so much and it's just old information and it's not, and it's just not correct. And it just comes back to basic biology. Energy production comes from your mitochondria. So if you have chronic fatigue and chronic energy issues, it's likely that there is an element of mitochondrial dysfunction of some kind. So when we look at Hashimoto thyroiditis, this is also seems to be the case. And I bring this up because one of the vitamins that I take, and there's research for actually a lot of autoimmune disease that helps relieve fatigue symptoms is thiamine or B1. So thiamine is an essential vitamin. You need it to metabolize carbs and fats, and it's part of your metabolism. It's what helps you generate fuel. And thiamine is involved in the energy production process in your mitochondria. People who have Hashimoto's disease tend to have problems absorbing nutrients. And this is often because of low stomach acid, among other issues. The recommended dose for thiamine is one milligram a day. You can get that pretty easily in food. You can get it in meat. You can get it in eggs and different things. Most people don't need to take a high dose of that. It's in fortified foods, so things like cereal. If you eat anything that has a vitamin added to it, you're probably getting enough B1. There are several studies on people with autoimmune disease, specifically, uh, I think, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, where taking high doses of B1 relieves symptoms of fatigue. And this is also shown in studies with people who have Hashimoto's disease. So I take high dose of B1. I take a tablet form because I gag on stuff and I just need it to get down. So I actually am not that picky about the brand or the quality. I'm happy to get one that's from the pharmacy as long as it's in a high dose and it is in tablet form. Talk to your doctor, talk to your pharmacist, all of the disclaimers. At the same time, B1 is water-soluble, so you don't store it. And there's no toxicity, cases of toxicity. It's considered a pretty safe vitamin. So that's what I do. I encourage you to read more about mitochondria. And I'm going to actually have some guests on here who can talk about mitochondrial dysfunction and what that actually means. But for now, I want to say 
Stop talking about the adrenals. Start looking at your mitochondria if you have chronic fatigue symptoms. We really need to look at, there's other ways to relieve this issue, these symptoms, you know, um, exercise helps you generate more ATP. There's different things that we can do, but one of the issues is you need to feel good a lot of the time to even start. You need to have energy to even start it, which is where some of these supplements can help. So that's one thing that I do. The second thing that has been really helpful for me and has really helped my digestive issues, SIBO, is intermittent fasting. I almost hesitate to talk about intermittent fasting because people take it to be like, you know, extreme fasting or a dieting trendy thing that is not what it is. I follow intermittent fasting, which is extended fasting from breakfast, essentially. I'm not dieting. I simply um, extend my fast from about 12 hours to 14 to 16 hours, depending on the day, usually about 16 hours. And then I fit all of my calories. I follow typically a Mediterranean style diet and I fit all of my necessary calories between 12 and 8 p.m. And then I fast the rest of the time. I drink coffee in the morning, no, like a black coffee, no sugar, no cream, nothing. Um, and I drink water. That has helped my SIBO symptoms immensely, more than any food-related change, which is pretty interesting. There's not a lot of research on how it affects SIBO. Some studies show that, that can, it can have an effect on the balance of bacteria. That's about all that I'm reading, which is basically what SIBO is. It's a problem with the balance of bacteria in your gut. It also seems to work with the thyroid in that it can, it, it's essentially giving your system a longer time to remove waste and get rid of things. So you have a migrating motor complex that comes along and sweeps, sweeps out your gut and gets rid of debris and, and waste. And that when you have SIBO, you often have a problem with the migrating mo uh, motor complex. When you have thyroid disease, you definitely have a problem with that. Things just do not work as they should. Everything is slow. And so constipation, all these issues are major. So for me, intermittent fasting seems to just give me more time. And that has been a thing that's really helped me. So to be clear, I'm not dieting. I'm still getting all the right calories. I'm just eating my food in a specific time window rather than cutting back on food and I'm still eating very healthy diet. So it's not keto or any of that stuff. It's a Mediterranean plant plant forward diet, essentially. Um, I still eat some meat, but I try to really eat lean um, like poultry and fish and try to eat lots of like vegetables and get lots of whole grains and nuts and seeds and healthy oils and fats. That has been something that has really helped my gut. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about is iron. I have had extreme low iron, critically low iron. And I've had low iron for years, but it got really, really low, like almost no iron in my body. Um, and so I take a liquid iron and that I can't take regular tablets or anything. They make me so, 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 so sick. So liquid iron is the thing that's it's helping. It's getting better. It takes time, but it's getting better. So there's different forms you can take. There's a Floridix, which is an, um, a plant-based iron. There are, there's just lots of good liquid irons out there. The thing is you shouldn't take iron 
unless you know that you are iron deficient. So you don't really get rid of iron that well in your body. You actually hold on to it. Um, You get rid of some a little bit in your sweat and other areas, but it's not that much. So if you take iron when you don't need to, you can get really sick. It can build up in your body and get really sick. So don't take a supplement unless you need to. Focus on food forms. You know, make sure you're eating um, iron-rich foods. Another thing as an herbalist, we can do some herbs that are really high in minerals. So things like stinging nettles are one for sure. Oat straw, red raspberry leaf, alfalfa, these kinds of things that have a lot of minerals in them, vitamins and minerals, that can help you get a natural source of the nutrients that you need and build up some of that in your blood. So those are some of the things I've been doing. It's been a struggle bus big time. I'm feeling a little bit stronger. So I'm hoping to be back steady with some other episodes coming up. And I'm thankful. I personally know people who are going through some really life-threatening situations right now. And I'm probably going to be okay. In the scheme of things, my issues are not that serious, except that they're chronic and they never go away. They're always there. And so if you understand that struggle, you you may know what has been what it's been like. It's hard. And so that's where I've been. That's what's going on. Those are some things that are helping me. I hope they help you. I hope that you're able to stay strong. And if you are someone who lives with chronic illness, I feel you. I understand your struggle. And if you're looking for someone who can relate or can maybe provide some solutions that you haven't tried yet or can guide you on what herbs are actually useful, let's talk. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.